purpose is transforming the world of work and business. Those leading the way are values-based and people-focused leaders who see business as a force for good. Host Kevin Monroe explores how tapping into the power of purpose infuses your business with meaning and touches the lives of your employees while positively impacting the communities you serve. With the Higher Purpose Podcast, here's Kevin Monroe. Hey, this is Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you or welcome you back to the Higher Purpose Podcast. I'm grateful that you're joining in for this conversation. This is episode 99, and what a delight it is to share this with you today, whatever day it is you're listening. This is another first for the podcast. It's the first time we've had a husband and wife couple join us for a conversation. It's Harry and Leticia Hutchins. They're fifth-generation coffee farmers and they're first-generation coffee roasters and cafe owners. And they own the coffee shop at the Circuit, the co-working space that I use and where I hang out in my local community of Woodstock, Georgia. Harry and I met months ago at an early morning meeting, and as I've gotten to know the family, I love their story. And I see it as a story of purpose, of higher purpose. Last week, if you heard that episode, I chatted with Leticia's father, Al. If you have not yet heard that conversation, I think you'll want to go pick it up after hearing this one. So let's get to it. And here we are to continue this journey, the story we began last week. In last week's conversation, I had the privilege of talking with Al Lopez, who is a fourth generation coffee farmer from Honduras. And Al, welcome back. And what do you have the privilege of doing for us today? Well, Kevin, first of all, happy to be here again. And I have the privilege of having with me the fifth generation coffee farmers and first generation coffee roasters. So my daughter, Leticia, and my son, Harry, son-in-law, but really my son, Harry, (laughs) with all due respect to his dad, who are phenomenal young entrepreneurs in their early 20s left a great career in public accounting. They were both in Chicago with CPA firms, and they decided to continue the legacy of coffee farming and get into coffee roasting, which is a completely new world for us. But all of that, Kevin, anchored on following my footsteps of helping others. Hmm. They fell in love what we were doing at the farm, they heard the good cause and they saw it working. And they thought there was more reward to their lives of doing more of that versus their accounting career. Awesome. Okay, so welcome, Harry and Leticia. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I'm going to ask all three of you, Al's going to leave us in a moment, but before Al leaves, I'm going to let you kick this one off with what are you grateful for about this, this part of the story? That I have these two wonderful young entrepreneurs that will carry on the legacy. Kevin, really grateful for that because I know they will do a better job than I'm doing. So I'm thankful and grateful for that. Awesome. 
Leticia, what are you grateful for in this moment? And folks, this week, or the week that we're recording this, is the week of the grand opening of Alma Coffee Shop in the circuit. And you've heard me talk about the circuit before. It's a co-working space where I do some work and hang out. It's where I've gotten to know Al, Harry, and Leticia. So there's so much going on this week. I know you're kind of like on overload, but for me to ask, what's something you're grateful for in this moment. And it may be that the POS system is up and working. I don't know. (laughs) Definitely grateful for that. That was this morning's struggle. But in this moment, the thing I'm most grateful for is definitely my family. Being able to do this with them, it's a dream come true. Harry? Yeah, kind of echoing on that. I think it's, you know, as Alan mentioned, what we're doing down at the farm, I think it's, you know, very humbling for Latisse and I to follow in those footsteps and very big footsteps at the farm seeing what Al has done down there in terms of all the help he's done. And, you know, we're continuing that down at the farm level, but then also it's kind of cool seeing us kind of take on veering off on our own little path with the cafe, which is something that, I don't know, you have, you've done a lot in your life. So I don't know if restaurants or cafes, you've done that before, but if so, you know, this is kind of a new, totally new path that uh, we're forging here as well. So that's something I'm really grateful for. Awesome. I'm so excited to have this conversation. So, Harry and Leticia, so much is happening this week. Let's go back. And I'm so excited about this journey. But let's talk about where the journey started for you two. And, yeah, just pick up with that story that where the idea came from, what was going on in your life. And we'll start there and then we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll I'll kick this one off, Kevin. And how we started, it was kind of interesting was when... We graduated college and we were going farther back. Going into college, we knew what we wanted to do. We were dead set on becoming accountants and we knew where we were going to go. We knew we wanted to get into the big four, which is you know, the kind of the high upper echelon of accounting firms up there, the biggest out there. Um, you know, we accomplished that goal. We studied hard. You know, college was tough. It was a lot of studying. It was a lot of late nights, but we got through it and we got those jobs that we wanted. And I was at Ernst & Young, TC over at KPMG and... You know, it was a great experience getting to learn and get in with so many high, you know, top echelon companies, networking with some phenomenal people. But for us, you know, the, the biggest thing that we wanted to do was make a difference. And we saw, you know, what Al was doing down at the farm. And we said, you know, there's something that we can do here as well. So getting to spend some time down at the farm over the years after college and during our corporate careers, we would take trips down to the farm trying to figure out you know, what's something that we could do, whether we didn't even know it was related to coffee. We just wanted to kind of see Hmm. what he was setting forward and what he was doing down at the farm. And the answer was right in front of us was the difference we can make at the farm. So we saw how inefficient the supply chain was, how many middlemen there were, and how much of a difference we can make sourcing directly from coffee farmers down in Honduras or origin anywhere around the world. And that was kind of the driving force for us was the difference we can make, seeing an inefficient supply chain, more importantly, a very unethical supply chain that we could have a solution for. So, Leticia, for you, I mean, you grew up in this, right? And you saw your dad at what some people would call the pinnacle of success, step out of the corporate world, step off of the climbing the ladder. Mm-hmm. How did that affect you? And where did that, you know, kind of land in, in the back of your mind? And did that factor into this desire? I guess what I'm asking, I want to know where this desire for you all to make a difference 
so early in your lives. Where did that come from? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I grew up seeing my dad just really caring about people. And I loved that. And I wanted to continue that. I also saw him at the pinnacle, as you said, of his corporate career. And I saw the toll that would take on him. He was super stressed out. He was working crazy hours, didn't get to spend much time with the family. And then when he, quote unquote, retired and, you know, decided to start doing coffee farming differently, everything changed. He was more involved with the family. He was happier. He had a purpose. He knew he was helping and he knew he was doing something good. A very small mark, but a positive mark on society. So I always had that in the back of my mind. As Harry said, we went into accounting and I was dead set on we are going to be set for life. We will never have to worry about if we have kids sending them to college. That'll never be a concern if we just ride the corporate wave. Because you both saw the partner track laid out for you and that was the path you were on. Absolutely. From the very beginning, from high school, I knew I wanted to go into accounting and then I got my internship. I got my full-time offer. So I was set. And six months in, I hated it. You know, it's just... We didn't get fulfillment. We didn't feel like we were doing our part to make the world a better place. And some people may get that through accounting, and that's wonderful. It just wasn't the case for us. So we found it through continuing the family legacy and coffee farming and roasting. Okay, so a question before we get deep into that. I'm curious because this is the Higher Purpose podcast, and you know, so many people wrestle with this. The idea is what can we do that makes a difference? Did you all come to this point pretty much about the same time or, you know, that's interesting for you all as husband and wife to be on similar tracks, different companies, Mm -hmm. but then together to come to that point so early in life and go, huh, we could stay on this path. And the path is pretty secure, pretty safe. It's predictable. Maybe not, you know, to the month or the date, but it's a predictable path. Right. So what were the conversations? If we could go back, were you living in an apartment? Go back into that apartment. If we, you know, if we were a fly on the wall, what what might be some of the conversations that we would have heard between the two of you about, huh, you know, is this the path we want to continue or because what you're doing is quite risky, Right. right? So tell us about that. I think a lot of our conversations were, you know, early on back in Chicago, which is where we did our corporate accounting career. We were there for six years, college and then corporate accounting. It'd be very late at night because we would come home around 10 p.m. We'd be exhausted. You know, you get into the office around 7 a.m. You leave at 10 p.m. You don't see the sun. We don't see each other. We're newlyweds. So we're frustrated and we would just sit down on the couch and be like, we can't do this anymore. And like, we don't feel good about where our life is going, how we're making an impact. So we started to think about different things that we could do. And, you know, we just fell in love with coffee farming, as Harry mentioned, little by little, shadowing my dad and then deciding we want to further that by roasting. And at first, the plan was that Harry was going to quit his job and go and do this on his own. And then once the business was up and running and there was more financial security, I would go ahead and quit my job and join him. And then we'd open up the coffee shops. I don't think we would have got very far. Yeah. It was just me running, <laughs> running the show. I need, I need my partners. So let me go back. I'm sorry for interrupting. Oh, I don't mean fine. to interrupt, but you probably grew up going and visiting the farm some. Yes. 
Yeah. When, when was your first time, Harry, seeing the farm? When? My first time, and kind of going kind of to your previous questions, when we kind of the, the light bulb went off for us was after college, I was so dead set on, you know, my partner track. I had my 14-year plan, took my CPA, and I did that relatively quickly. And then it was, I was quickly realizing, you know, this is not, maybe this is not the track that I, I wanted to be on. And when I realized that, I was probably a year and a half in the corporate world that I was, I was like, you know, Al, let me, you know, shadow you for a little bit, kind of see how you kind of done your entrepreneurship journey and, and you've done very well with it. Let me just hang out with you for a week. And that week was going down to the farm. And he'll tell you, because he, he had an inkling that I was going to want to do something on my own. And so he was kind of trying to show me the real world at, at the farm. So mosquitoes, rain, it was... It was a pretty rough time, but it was actually one of the most fun fun weeks I've I've had and very enlightening and just seeing what we could do down there um, was that turning point for me and very special. Yeah, that trip was very scary for me because it was the first time Harry and my dad had gone on a trip together, just them two. You weren't sure if both were coming back? Right, <laughs> and I knew they got along really well, but put them in a third world country by themselves together, you don't really know what you're going to get. <laughs> but luckily it worked out and I think they've gotten even closer since. Okay, so you come back from that trip, you've had this conversation, you take that trip, what happened then? Well, then it kind of started really fizzling up inside and I was like, okay, let's put down a business plan. Let's start doing all, you know, being the accountants that we were, mm -hmm. we, financial analysis. I mean, I don't know how many spreadsheets that we went through to, to really, to worst case, best case, mm -hmm. ideal case. Before financial that, scenarios. you know, Harry just went on Amazon and he bought any book he could find that had the word coffee and mm -hmm. roasting on it. Yeah. And he would get home at 10 p.m. and stay up till 1 a.m. in the morning just reading absorbing absolutely anything and everything he could about roasting. But so I want to ask that. So how did you all, where did this idea first come from that the roasting part mm -hmm. of the business was the part where you could make a difference in the supply chain and the value chain and then tie that back to how that was going to benefit the farmers in Honduras? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the best way to talk about that is what I previously mentioned in this podcast about how inefficient the supply chain was. You know, before the coffee gets to the average consumer, it goes through many, many middlemen's hands. For example, our farm is about 1,400 meters above sea level. Before it ever gets to the port on the Gulf, Gulf of Mexico and then headed up to the U.S., it'll go through a number of hands. And those people always got to, they got to take their cut. And usually the one who has, gets the least is the one to buy the totem pole, and that's the farmer. They don't have the infrastructure, they don't have the cars, they don't have, barely have electricity. So seeing that if we can connect directly from the farmer to the roaster, there's that perfect balance. It's efficient, it's ethical, but Al had already done that. He was connecting with large roasters and we said there's a large demand. There's so many roasters around the US that just need one bag, a pallet, not a full container. And we saw, okay, well, we can have a position stateside in the U.S. that we can warehouse coffee and that we can service those clients. But what else we could do is we could open cafes because the more volume that we can do with our cafes or wholesale, that's more farmers that we can help because we not only source from ourselves, but actually from all the other farmers I was just talking about and people that we know directly. So that was really the background and that was being able to 
bring the coffee here and what we can't roast, we help them sell. And the idea is that when I roast it, my great fantasy is that another roaster will see this coffee. They'll try and be like, wow, this is amazing. And then they can pay even better than I can. And then everyone's better off and they can have that farmer and I can go adopt another one. I think additionally, there was such a great feeling I had with the idea of our family being the only hands to touch Mm -hmm. coffee from farm to cup Mm. so that we were in control of the farming, every single process in that, the roasting, every single process in that, and then the brewing. You know, we have very specific technique with our espresso, with our drip, very specific profiles. And I love that when I get to present someone with a cup of coffee, I know that it's purely our family that has touched those beans. Wow. And it's really the art form and passion behind it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, for me, roasting coffee is an art form. It's a science and it's something that's extremely fun to do. So, you know, I could roast the same bean hundred different ways and it's going to taste a hundred different ways as well. And that's extremely interesting to me to, to bring out the best in that coffee. So I really think the humanitarian side of it and then just the art side of it and pushing the quality of, of coffee is something that's just, it's our passion. Okay. Well, let's talk about, for example, what I saw right there in the coffee shop a few moments ago, Marvin's Roast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Marvin's Roast. What's the story behind that? His name is Marvin Lopez. No relation, just, you know, there's a lot of Lopez's out there. (laughs) But Marvin Lopez has been our agronomer at the farm for years. And he is just one of the kindest, most wonderful human beings we've ever met. He is just family oriented. He loves coffee, would never hurt a fly. And lots of times he would get screwed on coffee pricing and that killed us. His coffee is of amazing quality. We know the type of person he is. He wants to have job opportunities for his little son, Fernandito. So we thought who better to alm adopt first than Marvin? And I mean, he basically cried the Mm. first time that we told him we wanted to buy his production and the price that we wanted to pay him. So let's talk about that, because the other day your dad was telling me, I mean, the difference you make to the coffee grower, to the coffee farmer, the price that you are paying them for their coffee is what? I don't mean the amount, but it's double Mm -hmm. what they would be getting other places. Yep, exactly. It is, yes. And why is that important to you? It's extremely important because without having coffee farming, that's the foundation of the whole industry. Without coffee farming, we could lose coffee as we know it. And it's no longer sustainable for farmers. They're cutting down their farms, they're abandoning their farms and going to other ways to provide income to their families. So if all coffee farmers do that, we'll we'll never have coffee anymore. Hmm. So it's important to invest in farmers in any industry, but we can only speak on coffee. Right, but you were telling me the other day that several of the farmers have taking out their coffee Mm -hmm. and are planting something else because coffee has not been sustainable for them in the way it's been, right? right? With with the coffee farmer being the one getting squeezed. Mm -hmm. So you all have this different vision and the supply chain being, I love that, gosh, the cup of coffee I have this morning, you know, the whole journey Mm -hmm. of that coffee. And it's not just And it's personal Mm -hmm. for you. I mean, I watch the emotion in Mm -hmm. your faces when you talk about Marvin. Mm -hmm. Go more about the sense of purpose, Mm -hmm. the sense of joy that you are finding. So I know that the journey has not been without struggles. Mm -hmm. 
So let's talk about some of those, the ups and downs, right? Because sometimes people, they just glamorize the story, Mm -hmm. but you all have known both. Let's talk about your journeys thus far. Mm -hmm. So how long ago is a year and a half? About a year. Yeah, about a year 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 and and what? No, actually a year and two months. It was April. Oh, yeah. April April of last year. Okay. So a year year and two months. Yeah. It has been a journey. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's one of those roller coasters that, that you see where we're, you know, going through peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we started, we were, the day we quit our corporate careers, we were immediately on a plane to Seattle to go to the Specialty Coffee Expo and just, you know, soak everything in about coffee. And that was the high point. And then, you know, the kind of the low point coming back and just kind of having to, to face reality of, one, there's a lot of bills to pay. Mm-hmm. And then two is getting the business plan, the background stuff, in line. Well, let me ask the question another way. Yeah. The friends you had, the colleagues that you were both working with in the firms you were at, how did they respond, react to the decision you made and then actually watching you take those steps? They've been super supportive. So lots of my colleagues in the accounting industry, we all kind of were in the same feel of this is pretty miserable. So they were really excited. I was one of, I was probably the second or third out of my class to leave and leave really early on before making senior associate. It's very risky actually. And lots of the higher ups in the company don't agree with that. And they try to convince you out of it, but I was dead set on my vision. And I was like, if I am passionate about this, if I'm doing the right thing, we will succeed. Even if it's not financially, it'll be emotionally, it'll be mentally, we will succeed. So let's talk about that because your dad and I talked about that in the previous conversation. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is something for you listening. You've heard me say this before. It's important for every one of us to have our understanding of success. Mm -hmm. Because if you've not defined what success looks like for you, you're pursuing someone else's definition of success. Mm -hmm. So as you all have started Alma Coffee, let's talk about what does that look like when it's succeeding? Your definition of success, I mean, it goes all the way down to the farmer that you were talking about. Right. What else is involved in that? I think our first level of success, when I felt it at least, was when we were able to adopt Marvin. Just being able to take it outside of just our family and being able to impact someone else. So, so let's talk how- about this adoption process. And you call yes. it Almadop? Yes, Almadoption, a little play on words. But it's basically when Alma adopts a farmer and kind of the criteria is we have to know them personally. We have to know that with the money that they're going to make, that they're going to put it back into the coffee industry. So they're not just going to make a really great profit on coffee and then run away and go buy a Ferrari. You know, it's more of they're going to continue to invest in coffee and the sustainability in ethical farming practices and creating job opportunities for their local community. So that's kind of our criteria. And then upholding the high quality that we've tested and approved that no is going to fit in with our roasting profiles and all that. So that's kind of the criteria. Right now we have three farmers that we've all adopted. Marvin is the first. And I think going forward, we'll continue to define success by how many farmers we're able to help in all adoptions. Eventually, you know, in a few years, we want to go outside of Honduras. There's farmers that are suffering worldwide and we have to start with Honduras, but we want to expand. There's so much help. There's so much good that can be done. And we know just with time, we'll be able to to expand on that. Mm -hmm. And kind of 
following up on what Latista said, you know, really the main theme of success for us is to be involved in the communities that we're sourcing from, working in, roasting and brewing in. So I think another form of success that I see is really making sure that our employees here are are taken care of. We have three wonderful employees that we want to make sure that we do the best by them, mm-hmm. provide them a career. People to see being a barista is, is more than just a couple year stint. It's you can really make a career and you can make some money in this. Mm-hmm. And that that's what we're trying to, to do as well. So Definitely that'd be, a great point. That'd be success from not only that at Origin, but then also in the communities that we serve mm-hmm. uh, and live in. So let's talk about this week. You all are excited. Yeah. Uh, here we are. It's grand opening mm-hmm. week. What are you experiencing? And, you know, the balance of headaches and joys? Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of everything. You know, I'm kind of leading the coffee shop side. So I do coffee shops and marketing. And Harry does all the roasting and wholesale. So I feel like this is kind of like a representation of me. So I'm very nervous. I'm very excited. I think we're 99.9% there. I don't think I'll ever be able to say we're 100% there, right? It's just the accountant in me, I guess. But yeah, we're excited. This community has really perceived us really well, and they're super excited. So we just want to celebrate with everyone, serve good coffee, and be a part of the community. Yeah, for me, it's... Yeah, definitely, as Atisi said, this is kind of representation of what she's done. So I'm just nothing but proud. I mean, seeing what she's done with the space, seeing the choices of equipment, the training of the baristas. I think Atisi's done an awesome job with that. And so I'm just proud and and kind of just her biggest cheerleader and providing all, <laughs> all the coffee. I'll just roast up whatever they need. And so it just, yeah, she's feeling proud. and Awesome. So something else I heard you say that I'd love to go a little deeper in is the desire for you all to make a difference, Mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, I've referenced the book with your dad, the second mountain, David Brooks. The first mountain is success. Second mountain is significance. What led you to changing mountains so early in life and recognizing, you know, we could spend another 10, 15, 20 years on the track, Mm -hmm. And then go do this. What was it that said, "Mm, let's do this now? I think a big part of it, for me at least, was just seeing my dad go through the two mountains and seeing the happiness and how it impacted our family when he went into the second mountain. So going into accounting, I was like, you know, I want to kind of bypass this step. And no amount of money can really buy me happiness. We had more money than we knew what to do with. So we started saving knowing that we were going to quit our jobs and do something else someday. We didn't know in the beginning exactly (laughs) what it was going to be, but we started just saving, saving, and saving. And then when we did quit, we were able to self-fund all of Alma with the help of, you know, our partner, my dad. So that's been great. But yeah, I think just seeing his journey was able to kind of push us in that direction of just skip that first mountain and go right to the second. Yeah, no, for me, I think kind of echoing that point, I think just kind of seeing what the rat race, my interpretation of what I saw everyone else was going (laughs) through, I was like, there's got to be either just a better way through this. So why not just do both mountains at the same time? I think you were were talking about, you know, this book um, where one of it's about getting the financial success and then the other one's more like, 
emotional life or success. significance, significance. Making a difference. Yeah. Right? yeah. Making dollars, making a difference. Yeah. And you all decided earlier in life than many to say, let's go after the difference, right? Yeah. And it really is both of them. Because at the end of the day, you know, this is a business. Coffee is a business. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, many people sometimes forget that. But it's something that can make a huge difference as well. So kind of doing them in tandem, mm -hmm. you know, is something that we thought we, we could do differently. So what kind of questions are you asked by your peers about the journey you're on mm -hmm. and why you're going this path? What kind of conversations stand out to you? Mine are more of, hey, how's everything going? Are you still doing this? Because I know when, you know, when I left, I just I have to talk to my former colleagues about this, but I'm pretty sure they probably thought I was going to be back in the This was a phase. Yeah. yeah. Aaron's just going through a phase. And yes, yeah, so I think it just comes down to, hey, how's everything going? Are you still doing coffee or did you come back to do accounting? So mm -hmm. that's what my peers are saying. But they're also very congratulative and just supportive. I think that's mm -hmm. so. I think for me, I don't get so many questions as like, how do you feel about what you're doing? But hey, I have this idea. How do you suggest I leave my job to start my own business or like guidance on, on how they can become an entrepreneur or maybe switch firms? And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm still trying to figure it out for myself. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not an expert on anything, but I think it sparked inspiration in a few people, which is awesome. I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. That was very telling because, yeah, everyone's like, oh, let's go to her for advice. Harry's yeah. like, is he still doing this? Yeah. <laughs> so you could definitely see where the brains of this of this partnership is. So if there was something you could say to other people in their 20s mm -hmm. about finding meaning in life, you know, this is the Higher Purpose Podcast. Mm -hmm. What kind of things would you encourage them? Where to start looking? Because purpose exists for everyone, but it looks different for everyone at the it same does, time. Yeah. I think that's a really hard question to answer. So many people, it takes them decades to find what their passion and purpose is in life. We're extremely blessed that, you know, I was kind of born into it and it happened to also be my passion and my purpose. And Harry married into the family. So we were very blessed to find it at 22, 23 years old. But that doesn't happen to everyone. Right. I would say just start going after what makes you happy. If it's volunteering and helping children with needs or animals, you know, go after that and see what job opportunities, see what you can do to make a difference, what's lacking in that industry and how can you fill that gap. I love that, Leticia. Your dad and I were talking about that because for him, I mean, it is the native homeland of Honduras. Mm -hmm. But for you listening, you don't have to go. You don't have to leave your zip code to go make a difference. Right. Find something, whatever it is, something that's near and dear to your heart. If it's animals, mm -hmm. or like you just said, go do something at the local animal shelter. Right. Do something. For me, the single biggest difference, and I said this in the conversation with your dad, success can easily be focused on me. Mm -hmm. But the path of significance is always involving others. Mm -hmm. So it's doing something for someone else right. and doing something for someone that can't repay you. That's mm -hmm. the essence of service. What did you want to add to that, Harry? Yeah, I was going to say that you know there's a difference you can make just by opening your eyes and, and seeing where there's a problem in the world that you can solve. I mean, we have coffee every single day, but not very many people know where it comes from and that there's a lot in the supply chain that we could fix. And that was mm -hmm. something that, you know, we kind of are trying to make a difference in. So yeah, whatever you're passionate about, mm -hmm. if you could see that there's a solution, many times the solution is a lot easier than, than you think. Um, yeah. 
you know, go after that. And so at My Alma, mm-hmm. Alma Coffee or My Alma Coffee is the website. What's the website? MyAlmaCoffee.com. And you showcase the stories of your adopted farmers. And I mean, this is all part of the story and the journey, right? Right. Yes. And with that, you know, Alma being... Alma means soul in Spanish. And so kind of our thought was we chose the seeds that are planted. We harvested those, Mm -hmm. that coffee. We processed it. We roasted it. We're serving it. That goes even farther in the form of the almond options that these farmers are also putting their heart and soul into their coffee. Mm -hmm. And we're doing our best just to showcase it and empower them um, as best as possible. So for those listening that want to learn more, my Alma. Yes, visit myalmacoffee.com and visit us on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, also at myalmacoffee. Okay. And if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, you can come to the circuit in Woodstock. That's the first cafe you're opening. Yes. Mm -hmm. But if you're not in the area, you can still access the coffee? Yes, yes. We uh, ship nationwide, so you can visit us online again, myalmacoffee.com, and you can order coffee for yourself, for your friends, join our coffee club. We deliver it straight to your door based on the frequency you choose, and you get 10% off. So it's awesome. It's a great deal. Mm -hmm. So what would bring this conversation to a fitting close for both of you? What was kind of final thoughts? I know it's a busy, crazy Mm -hmm. week. Thank you for joining me, for sharing the story. But what do you want to say to wrap this up for you that might, you know, inspire someone else to go make a difference rather than just making dollars? I mean, obviously, my sales pitch here is, you know, try out the coffee. Um, it's not <laughs> a great coffee, but it will make a big difference. But in terms of, you know, and, you know, for the higher purposes, find what you're passionate about, chase after, and just the solution is there. And, and th- there is a difference that can, that can always be made. Something mm-hmm. can always get better. Yeah. I would say on the Alma side, you know, if you don't want to try our coffee, we totally understand. Just go for a company that's sourcing ethically. Don't just go to the grocery store and buy the cheapest coffee that you can find. Think about what a farmer in Honduras or El Salvador is making cents on that $5 pound of coffee you just bought. And how are they supposed to feed their kids with that? And it goes beyond coffee, too. If you think about the milk industry or the produce industry, you know, always try and support farmers. But in terms of finding purpose in life, I really love the quote that says, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And I would say, try and find that. I work more crazy hours than I ever did in my public accounting career. And I dream about coffee, but I love every minute of it. So Yeah, you thought the hours were crazy in the accounting business. Right, yes, yeah. (laughs) But we love what we do, so it no longer seems like work. And the fact that you are what you are doing is impacting the lives of so many farmers and not just the farmers today, Mm -hmm. but the lives of their children and their children's children and seeing this impact in the future. So before we get away, there's something special you want to offer our listeners. As I said, if you're in the Atlanta area, you can come to the circuit, which is the co-working space where Alma Coffee is the new coffee shop there. 
But if you go online, you all are doing something special for those listening. Tell yes. us about that. Yes. As a special thank you to everyone listening, we are doing a special discount code on our website. So if you go to myalmacoffee.com, you can type in the discount code Higher Purpose, all caps, in checkout. And you will get 15% off your entire purchase. Well, thanks for doing that. And folks, I'm going to tell you, the coffee is worth it. So order your coffee. There are six versions at the moment. Is that right? Six, six different, different roasts, roasts. Mm-hmm. a couple different processes, a few farmers. So They're all delicious. Mm-hmm. I have them all every single day. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, thank I'm you so, so much. excited about the launch and just want to celebrate that with you all. So thanks again for joining. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Thanks again, Harry and Leticia. What a joy to sit and to share this with you in the week of grand opening. I know it's a busy time in your lives. And I hope you, listening, that you're inspired by this story. How Leticia and Harry are building on the family legacy and at the same time adding their own twist to it and making it their own. They're embracing the history of being fifth-generation coffee farmers and adding to that being first-generation coffee roasters and cafe owners. And I so applaud their commitment to sustainability and just see it at every level in the cafe. And I also love the process of Alma adoption. And through that, they partner with farmers and their families, making commitments to them and extending the direct-to-roaster program that Al started and now making it direct-to-cup, that the coffee you get in their cafe, they know the story all the way back to the bean. And they know the farmers with whom they have had and will have generational relationships. They take great pride in a value-added supply chain that creates equity and adds value for all rather than extracting value from the most vulnerable and marginal members of the supply chain. So if you're in the Atlanta area, I'd love to meet you over a cup of coffee at Alma. Even if you're not in Atlanta, you can still enjoy the coffee you hear from Leticia, the offer they've made for you. As always, I invite you to reach out to me. You can email me at kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com, or you can call me at 678-744-5111. And I want to invite you back next week and join us as we celebrate 100 episodes of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Until then, I invite you to live, love, and lead with purpose. Do you have a high-stakes initiative that is stuck, stalled out, or stymied, and you're not sure what to do now and how to forge a path forward? The situation is not as grim as you think it is. We can help. Contact Kevin to explore how a winning conversation may be exactly what you need to break the gridlock, unite your team and purpose, and accelerate traction. Call 678-744-5111 or email kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com.